There's been over 100 sightings of an unidentified creature in the last 130 years. Down in the depths of the largest natural freshwater lake west of the Missouri lies the mystery. Fact or fiction, today we're talking about the Flathead Lake Monster. guys here we are episode three of we're talking with paul and grace i'm paul i'm grace and we're back in the recording booth aka sitting on the closet floor yes and today we're talking about the flathead lake monster i'm so pumped <laughs> this is a, a legend that goes back many many years um it's it's something that i've actually known about for a while because i spent a lot of time here um well i grew up half my life here so uh, this is a story i sort of grew up with there is all kinds of stuff surrounding the Flathead Lake Monster. We've got like soda named after it. We've got Flathead Lake Monster mm-hmm. soda. We've got t-shirts. We've got signs. We've got all kinds of stuff. You'd almost... I think there's even a pizza down in Polson that also has the Flathead Lake Monster name. That would make sense. Yeah. Because it seems like Polson, it seems to be the, hot the hot spot for mm-hmm. uh, Flathead Lake Monster sightings. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense. But um, today, we're talking about something that's pretty familiar to most people. You, you probably don't think, when you think of uh, lake monsters, um, you're not going to think of some lake in Montana. You're probably thinking... That'd be the last on your um, list. Scotland. Or right. <laughs> some other place like that. <laughs> but today, we've got a story for you that uh, we, I think Grace and I may be a little divided on, on what we... Uh, <laughs> What we believe is the truth behind this story. But I want to start you out with a little tale here to kick off our episode, episode three. This takes place in Polson, Montana, which is just south of Flathead Lake. And we'll just jump right in. So Cindy Johnson was in her house getting things ready for a boat ride on Flathead Lake when she was surprised to see her sister there as well. She was supposed to be watching Andrew, Johnson says. Three-year-old Andrew, Johnson's son, was outside. A quick peek out the window revealed no sign of the toddler. The woman turned and raced outside. And when they got to the yard that slopes toward the lake, there the little boy was, at the end of the dock with no life jacket on, not knowing how to swim, and dripping wet. Mm. What happened, his frantic mother asked him. I fell in, the three-year-old said. But how in the world did he get out? Andrew had an answer for that, too. The flathead monster lifted me up, the boy said, and she had a baby, too. No, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I have goosebumps right now. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, this is not the first... Uh, young Andrew was not the first person to report seeing a monster in Flathead Lake. And we'll get into that. In a little bit, but there are many stories, like we said in in the intro. There's um, well over a hundred mm-hmm. uh, reported sightings of this the flathead lake monster. Um, but for those of you, we live in Montana, um, so we spend a lot of time around Flathead Lake. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful lake. It's we gorgeous. drive by it all the time, um, so we know all about it. But for those of you that don't live in the area or maybe never visited. The Flathead Lake is, like we reported, like we said in the um, the intro. intro, is the largest natural freshwater lake 
west of the Missouri River. Um, it's over 197 square miles, and the max length is about, so it's basically about 30 miles long mm -hmm. by about 60 miles wide at its, at its widest and longest point. So this, I mean, this lake is huge. I remember when I first visited Montana back when I was 14, and we drove around that lake, mm -hmm. and... I mean, I wasn't in charge of driving, so I did a lot of sleeping on that road trip. And I woke up, and I looked out the window, and I saw this lar large body of water. And I legitimately thought that it was the ocean because I, could, <laughs> I couldn't We see. went too far. I know. I thought, wait, is this a trick? Are we going to Disneyland? We you know. <laughs> We're at the ocean. I know. And I got such a heart thrill, and they're like, no, this That's is the cool. Flathead Lake. And I was like, oh. That's hilarious. Wow, okay. <laughs> so that's my first, that's legitimately my first memory of Montana. Mm. And that's, and it's my favorite lake now. I love that place. That's great. <laughs> uh, speaking of that trip, that was the first time Grace and I met. We yes. Might, we might have to tell you that story later. Yes. I mean, we didn't like each other yet, but we became BFFs. For sure. Forest fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this, this lake is huge. And like I said, I grew up half my life here and then basically the other half in Washington right on the ocean so I've always actually uh, really had us it's the Flathead Lake has held a special place in my heart too because it, it really reminds me of the ocean which we spent a lot of time around and mm -hmm. man sometimes when the waves pick up and stuff you you would think yeah. you were you were standing Gets on the choppy. edge of the ocean um but it used to be called uh Salish Lake pardon yeah Salish, named after the Salish uh, Native American tribe. Okay. Um, the, what actually, the reason it started, be, uh, became termed Flathead was uh, early European settlers, um, they misinterpreted um, like old Native American sign language. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and misinterpreting the, their sign thought they were saying Flathead. Oh, my word. <laughs> and so that's what they began calling the Flathead Indians. And therefore, Flathead Lake. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> um, Flathead Lake has a really nice temperate climate, mm -hmm. uh, which is really suitable for fruit orchards. If you spend any time around Flathead Valley, you know that Flathead Valley, the Flathead cherries. It's a big deal. Huge. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> loves the Flathead cherries. I would love them too, but I'm so allergic I cannot eat them. Yes. Because they kill me but um, you will die happy so i have they are very very tasty um there's all other kinds of orchards and things growing around it too um but it, those who have not visited may have probably have seen pictures of flathead lake and didn't even realize it if you see pictures on there's one in particular popular was, one there was a picture circulating around mm -hmm. for quite some time it was woman. like visit this lake. Yeah. So the waters are so crystal clear that you can see the bottom as if there's no water. That's Flathead Lake. Yeah. Super crystal clear, clean water. It's. I mean, it's just. Man, I love that. It's that beautiful. Place. Cool, cool place. And we're not just saying that because we live here. It's. But we are saying it because we live here. <laughs> it's really incredible. Such a cool lake. So come and visit. Yeah. Uh, if you miss the ocean and you live close to Flathead, come visit Flathead Lake. Yep. Um, it will whet the appetite. Oh, my word. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
But let's get into it. <laughs> so that's Flathead Lake. And there's been reports and sightings and tales that go back over a hundred years. Yeah. Of this Flathead Lake monster, similar to that of, say, the Loch Ness monster. And which is also real. Okay. Um, but the first, uh, the first, the origins, I guess you could say, of the, the Flathead Lake monster goes back to an old Native American legend mm-hmm. that was a um, traditional legend of the Kootenai um, tribe. And uh, again, those who live in Montana know about the Kootenai River, which is named after the, that tribe. Mm-hmm. So the story of the Flathead Lake monster originates with a Kootenai native uh, tribal legend that goes back many years. And according to their story, long ago, the first native tribe in the area lived on an island in the middle of Flathead Lake, mm-hmm. um, which we know there are some pretty significant islands out there, like Wild Horse Island, right. which sounds like a pretty cool spot, which we haven't checked out yet. We need to. Bucket list. But anyway, so one winter, while crossing the frozen lake to move camp, I uh, the story goes that two girls saw antlers protruding through the frozen ice. These massive antlers, right? And thinking the antlers belonged to some animal, the girls decided to chop them off and take them home. Because right. as we know, natives are able to utilize all parts of an animal. Right. They probably wanted to use it for tools or um, whatever they do with those, mm-hmm. with the antlers. And so they used sharpened sharp-edged rocks to cut through the ice. But when the antlers suddenly started shaking and the ice around them split open and the head of a monster appeared through the ice, shaking its giant antlers. The girls... (laughs) This is where it gets weird. (laughs) You thought that was weird. This is where it gets weird. So then the girls used their special powers to transform into a ball and a buckskin target. (laughs) don't know what that means (laughs) to escape the monster but half the tribe was drowned in the lake which is said to be the reason why there are so few kootenai people left the narrative holds that the kootenai never strayed far from the lake shore after that and white settlers later reported occasionally seeing the monster interesting so that's the origins of the flat lake monster it comes from that ancient kootenai traditional legend okay. which is interesting <laughs> mm. to say the least you had me until the ball and buckskin target yeah that, <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i can't blame them for wanting to pull the antlers out of the ice um but that that just goes to show though also how we're gonna get a little bit into this a little bit later how the uh legends kind of form and evolve and Mm -hmm. and uh how they change over the years but the first actual documented sighting of the flathead lake monster um happened in 1889 yes with uh captain james c kerr who was yeah captain kerr of the he was the captain of the lake steamboat the u.s grant he sounds trustworthy yeah i mean Drives a boat called the U.S. Grant. It's got to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but this this one's interesting because what makes this one is particularly um, 
partially believable is there was a hundred passengers. Right. It wasn't just him. It's just not one person. So he, he and his 100 passengers claimed to have seen an unusually large whale-like object in the water. Mm-hmm. And according to the story, one of the passengers on the steamer, um, getting a little freaked out, took a shot at the creature. Mm-hmm. So he pulled out his rifle, right? Right. And so what they said was what they first saw was what they thought was a log or another boat. But the closer they got, it looked as though it was a whale, perhaps 20 or more feet long, mm-hmm. swimming at the surface. And like I said, 100 passengers. Right. One of the passengers gets out of his rifle um, and takes a shot and miss misses, but sends the creature diving. Rude. <laughs> Isn't that the <laughs> typical reaction of white people? What is that? Shoot it! <laughs> Let's shoot it! Especially in Montana. What is that? Shoot the thing. I don't know what it is, but let's shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> and like we said in the intro, so ever since then, in the last almost 130 years, there's been um, over 100 more sightings mm-hmm. reported ever since then. Um, now, I guess there was this... Uh, I don't know how to pronounce this name. Is it Laney or Lanny? It's a, it's a, a man... I'm going to say it's Lonnie. Lonnie Hensel of Kalispell. He's a retired um, fishery biologist with the Montana Fish and Wildlife and Parks. He's the one who's um, actually been keeping track of the sightings for the last 30 years. I want that job. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a great job. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of uh, Parks and Rec when, yes. the, like the season finales when. Um, uh, Leslie gets uh, Ron his dream job where he just yeah. sets out in the lake on his canoe. <laughs> and he just That's his job is to hang out on the, the lake that's and awesome. paddle around in his canoe. That's what I imagine this Lonnie Hensel doing, just paddling around on that's a so canoe cool. in Flathead Lake. <laughs> fishy, 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 fishy. <laughs> um, so I guess after it, I would say it's worth mentioning that in 30 years of his um, not only sailing mm-hmm. on Flathead Lake, but his career as a, um, you know, fisheries biologist. Mm-hmm. He's never seen the Flathead Lake monster. That's a bummer. Yeah. But after um, he, it was a, a cryptozoologist, got a hold of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and asked him if he would, and if you don't know what a cryptozoologist is, it's a, uh, it's the study of evidence that tends to substantiate the existence of creatures such as uh, Sasquatch mm. and Abominable Snowman, Loch Ness Monster, that sort of thing okay. that has never been proven. So, Which also sounds like a fun job. Yeah. So this Hansel guy got into the monster report-taking business after meeting uh, this self-proclaimed crypto- cryptozoologist okay. from, from back east, um, Eugene Lepeshkin. You said that with such confidence. I know. I have no idea if that was correct. (laughs) He sounds like a cryptozoologist, though. (laughs) (laughs) So because of this Lepeshkin guy, uh, Hensel got into um, taking all these reports. Right. Over the last 30 years, he's been taking reports 
of local stories and sightings of the Flathead Lake Monster. Mm -hmm. And I got to say, there's some pretty interesting ones. And um, what seems to be most interesting about it is that he says he is quoted to say that a lot of the people who have told their stories don't seem to be looking for any kind of like recognition or publicity like they're not looking mm. to get famous mm -hmm. that half of them you almost have to pry their story out of them because they're Maybe they're embarrassed, they're embarrassed. They like like they don't want they people they yeah something. they don't want people to think they're crazy yeah or they're even scared mm-hmm so that's that's one of the interesting things is a lot of most of these people aren't even <laughs> like coming to tell the stories because they want to be in the newspaper. Right. They're actually uh, kind of freaked out about it. Well, and I did you read I feel like I read somewhere that mo um most of the reports were pretty similar. Like they kind of are saying that the things that they saw are are similar to what other people were seeing so it's not like one person saw antlers and the other person saw right a fire breathing dragon or something right you know they're tending to have similar stories and what um what they what they saw exactly what they've said is which we we should mention i guess that the flathead lake monster is nicknamed uh flessy <laughs> inspired How by ironic. inspired by Loch Ness's uh, Nessie, and like you said, most of the reports are pretty common mm -hmm. um, that the monster is usually described as a large eel-shaped creature, mm -hmm. round with a wavy body like a snake, twenty mm -hmm. to forty feet long, having brownish or blue-black skin and grayish-black eyes, and is often the eyes would freak me out. Yeah, actually, if if you said if you saw like I. Seeing a body squirming through the water, maybe, yeah. but you see a big old eyeball looking at you. Big old black the water. eyeballs. <laughs> that no, might be a little thank freaky. you. <laughs> no. It's often been described as looking like a whale or a giant sturgeon, which is was my first thought when I heard about uh, flathead lake monsters. My first thought is big fish. Can I tell you a secret? Sturgeon, catfish, whatever. What? I had to Google what a sturgeon was. <laughs> <laughs> I did not even know what that was. Oh, well, dear. if you've ever seen a sturgeon, a sturgeon is a pretty pre I, prehistoric looking fish. I, I, I regret Googling it because <laughs> it it was pretty freaky. They are they are definitely an interesting they looking they look like something out of uh prehistoric times, mm -hmm. that's for sure. Um so yeah, ever since basically ever since the eighteen hundreds, there's been on on average uh, one to two sightings mm -hmm. every year. Yeah, which is kind of crazy if you think it's about pretty it. Pretty interesting. That many people uh, reporting sightings. Like you said different types of people too. With a, with the exception of nineteen ninety three, for some reason. Yeah. And nineteen ninety three. That was a popular year for. There was Flessy. like. Yeah, there was like thirteen reported sightings of mm -hmm. Flessy, the flathead like monster. Mm hmm. That was kind of a crazy year, apparently. Flessy was all, all over the place yep. in '93. Um, did you have that story of the judge and his wife? Yeah. Because and this is the thing too, because they said um, that makes it even maybe slightly more believable 
is um, this Hensel is, you know, has said that uh, that in the 105 sightings, they've come from people, you know, not just a bunch of crackpots. Mm-hmm. You've got, like he said here, he quotes mothers, doctors, lawyers, right. biologists, engineers, yeah. anglers, and policemen. Mm-hmm. So they're not just coming from a random crazies or mm-hmm. which there's probably plenty of that I'm sure <laughs> but mm-hmm. some of the sightings come from pretty legitimate sources right including this yeah one, one of which um was was a judge and his wife um it was judge Jim Manley and his wife Julia this was back in 2005 their boat battery had died and they were waiting for a ride and um, so since they were waiting, they decided to go for a swim or alongside their boat. And they were just relaxing and, and hang, hanging out when they heard a strange noise. And Jim Manley was quoted saying that he, he was uh, yelling, look, look, that's it. We're seeing it. And um, they knew immediately because the descriptions were all the same. What they saw was this 25 foot long creature and they could see humps in it. And um, they claim that, you know, all these years later, it's still like they saw it yesterday. It's still pretty vivid in their story, you know, their memory, I should say. And... Obviously, they were really freaked out, so they hopped back in their boat, and they were terrified over the fact that they were hanging out in the water with this creature, <laughs> which is probably why it's still so vivid today for them. <laughs> I gotta say, we didn't, what did we mention? Something about swimming in deep water, I feel like, on one, one of the last podcasts, but I, there's something creepy about swimming in really deep water mm-hmm. and not being able to see what's down below yeah. you. And <laughs> so I can understand. Well, yeah. And another thing I, I want to mention, because I forgot to say, is that they heard loud splashing and that's mm. what got their attention because, you know, people are quick to to um, say, well, maybe it was just an optical illusion because the lake is so large and stuff. And But what caught their attention was this big splashing and they were the only ones out there. So so that's that's their story. Hmm. I guess there's a report of a um, wildlife photographer, um, Pam Moriarty. Moriarty. What? <laughs> Scandalous. And she says she never saw the head. But there was a big wake in the water, and she could see a black form and something that looked sort of like shark fins. And as a wildlife photographer, obviously, she was um, wanted to take a picture but couldn't get to her camera fast enough. Rats. Convenient. <laughs> there was also another uh, lady that said she saw it when she was a preteen. She's um, older now mm-hmm. from her grandmother's house in Polson. Yeah. And she said there may have been five or six, um, and they were just swimming around in the bay. And her mm-hmm. grandmother was just like, "Oh, those are just flat, like monsters." Yeah, nonchalant. Like just like, like oh, all yeah. chill about it. Whatever. <laughs> and this lady says she actually took some eight millimeter film of it, but can't find it now. Again, <sighs> convenient. <sighs> <laughs> um. So there's there's many stories. And actually, in the 1950s, 
they had a uh, fishing tournament, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of interesting. In the 1950s, um, they offered a $1,000 cash reward <laughs> to anyone who would who could catch what was termed um, the superfish or the, the flathead-like monster at the really? time. Yeah. So this... And there was actually a guy. Just leave her alone. I know. <laughs> and this was, so this was Big Fish Unlimited offered the cash, the $1,000 cash reward for catching it. And there was a man named C. Leslie Griffith who showed up with a seven and a half foot long white sturgeon that weighed <sighs> more than 181 pounds. Oh, so yeah, think word. about that prehistoric looking fish you saw. Yeah. A nearly eight foot long, 200 pound fish. Ugh. <laughs> And he said he hooked it off Cromwell Island uh, on the night of May 28th, 1955. Mm. And took him five hours to reel it in. And uh, now they did question, though, there was was a question of whether he actually caught the fish in Flathead Lake because a biologist in Missoula looked in its stomach and he said it contained organisms um, that are not found in Flathead Lake. So interesting. It's very possible that this that he's a liar face. Yeah. <laughs> that his pants are on fire. That this uh Griffith guy just brought the fish in and that he's telling a fish story. A big fish story, <laughs> exactly. Oh. Um but again, you know, there's story after story and, and a lot of these stories are from people that aren't even really like wanting to tell their story Mm -hmm. they're even freaked out or or hesitant to even tell their stories um so i don't know it's it's possible i've never been too big on believing in what i don't know I don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say i don't i don't think i believe it is you don't believe in it i don't believe in it i feel like all those legends like Loch Ness Monster, Flathead Lake Monster, Sasquatch, Abominable Snowman. I I don't buy it. I feel like... That's unfortunate for you. Especially like Sasquatch. Yeah. I mean, they're land creatures. Yeah. If if there's a Sasquatch where the... You, you think a dead one would turn up once in a while or a, right. a skull or some bones or something. Right. And really, Flathead Lake for being uh, a very large lake, mm-hmm. it's not all that deep. Okay. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like, well, we'll get into this a little bit. After <laughs> you, what do you, you, what do you think? I am open-minded to it, really. I enjoy a little folklore and entertaining the idea of there possibly being something in there. Um, it's probably not real, but I'm going to enjoy the idea of it being real. Yeah. I think it's definitely fun. Yeah. I, th- I think that's what makes these this folklore like this so popular and mm-hmm. so widespread is that it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to believe in, in things like that. It's fun to believe that there's some sort of prehistoric sea creature sure. <laughs> living in the, the lake of uh, in the Flathead Valley um, and it's fun to put it on the soda bottles and the t-shirts and stuff like that yeah. 
um, and obviously, like I said, growing up in, in Washington as well, the Sasquatch is huge. So yeah. like that's, that's always fun to, to, and you're always, you know, you got to look up the pictures and, yeah. but any of the pictures so far from what I've seen, any of the pictures that they've ever taken of, um, are we like, talking about the Sasquatch or no, are we talking about Flussy? <laughs> any of those Sasquatch included. I don't know if there's ever been any photos that have actually been proven to be legit. Sure. They've all, well, so far, have been hoaxes. I guess we need to spend more time on Flathead Lake. Let's go and... Uh, yeah, let's go find Do Flesson. some exploring. Let's let's make it our job. Lake monsters are, are pretty um, common, as we talked about. You know. Yeah, they're called sturgeons, and they're terrifying. <laughs> Loch Ness. <laughs> Loch Ness is probably the most well-known one, but there's, there's myths of... Um, lake monsters all around the world mm-hmm. really um according to the swedish naturalist the Swedes, yeah mm-hmm. my ancestors and author bengt shogren oh yeah that was exciting mm-hmm. you said that with confidence bengt too. <laughs> <laughs> he's a present day lake monster uh he says that present day lake monsters are variations of older legends of water kelpies pardon yeah, I don't know what that means. I had never heard of one either. Okay. <laughs> so what does that mean? So a water kelpie is a shape-shifting water spirit oh. inhabiting the locks and pools of Scotland. I believe it. So it, it totally makes sense that uh, any form of lake monster would come from, well, the originating destination of mm-hmm. lake monsters from the Scottish... Um, legends of water kelpies so, so it, are they are them sirens they basically <laughs> <laughs> looking at the wikipedia page right now in the picture them sirens <laughs> them sirens don't <laughs> lift them up and turn them into a hearty toad <laughs> so oh. they essentially they're practically well kind of they're like a celtic version so in the celtic <laughs> version um they are uh, it's usually described as like a black horse, like a horse-like creature that's cool. able to adopt human form. Um, <laughs> some accounts state that the Kelpie retains its hooves when appearing as a human, um, which led to its association with uh, the Christian idea of Satan being illustrated with like the hooves and stuff. Oh. Um, but basically, it says that almost every sizable body of water in Scotland has an associated Kelpie story. Um, of course, the most extensively reported is that of Loch Ness. Right. Um, and uh, which, which made sense to me now. Because remember that movie that was called Water Horse? Yes. And it was that. Did I watch that? I don't know. But it was that movie, that kid's movie that was about like yeah. a Loch Ness type mm-hmm. monster. Mm-hmm. Now that makes sense. Yeah. Because the, the Kelpie, the water Kelpie typically takes on the form of a horse until it's trying oh, okay. to like deceive or entrap humans. Then it takes on human form. Okay. Which they, it was said that they think this legend came to be just to scare women and children, basically. I'd say it worked. 
Yeah. <laughs> mostly because, to, mostly um, to scare kids away from stay, from drowning. Stay basically. away from the water and from yeah. drowning. I know cuz when we when we just the little bit that we talked about the flathead lake monster in the presence of our children, they got a little freaked out. They did. And they <laughs> they decided that they didn't want to go swimming anymore, so they did. They got a little So, yeah. They did get a little freaked out. <laughs> <laughs> um but it it made sense to me now thinking of that movie the, the water horse the water horse um now i feel like i need to watch that movie yeah it was dumb if i remember right oh okay i don't recommend it i i remember not being too impressed by it okay but like we talked about a little bit earlier the um shogun claims that the accounts of lake monsters have changed during history mm-hmm. um cuz all the reports often talk about like the water kelpie about horse-like appearances mm-hmm. um but the more modern reports uh, often have more reptile or dinosaur-like appearances love it which like we talked about most people's reports were like eel-like right serpent-like Scaly. undulating through the water scales and dark black eyes no nary a horse-like really right. <laughs> representation to be found exactly <laughs> um but it, that began to take place throughout history as we became aware of, um, you know, they began to uncover dinosaurs and, right. you know, modern science began to reveal um, these giant aquatic reptiles. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, these myths kind of evolved. Basically. They did. They evolved and took the shape of more um, realistic mm-hmm. forms of imagery mm-hmm. um like uh the dinosaur max would tell me immediately what it is oh, uh boy. i think is the plesiosaur it's the water dinosaur with that the right. with the fins and the long right, neck right that looks like a a cross between like an alligator slash is that the one that you're talking about that looks like it's got no. the teeth and the long No, it doesn't arms. look like the alligator. Oh. It's the one with the long neck and the little head oh, oh, oh. and the four fins. Basically, it looks like the Loch Ness like, Monster. Okay, yeah. <laughs> what they think the Loch Ness Monster looks like I now. I do not know the exact name of that dinosaur. Like you said, Max would know, but I know now what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so here's, here's my uh, theory. I read... I didn't read the book, but I found reference to a book um, written by Ben Radford and Joe Nichols. And in their book called Lake Monster Mysteries, um, the they attribute a vast number of sightings to otter misidentifications. What? Really? Yeah, otters. And as we know, there are otters in Montana. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess that they... Um, so they plotted the distribution of North American lake monster sightings, then overlaid the distribution of the common otter and found a near perfect match. Are you kidding? No. What? (laughs) So literally they, all the sightings that they've, they mapped it out. They mapped out all the sightings of the, of lake monsters in North America. And then they mapped out where otters live right and they yeah it was like lined up almost perfectly so sorry to burst your bubble everyone but i do have one question (laughs) but it turns out that three or four otters swimming in a line 
Dang look it. remarkably That's what I was going to ask. like a serpentine humped creature undulating Stop. through the water. Very easy to mistake for a single creature if you see them. And they're dark. From a distance. Mm-hmm. No. And they have, do they have black eyes? They, yeah, they have Do they have dark, creepy black dark eyes? Dark eyes, yeah. <laughs> but um, they said uh, that Joe Nickel, one of the authors, authors of the book, said, you know, he, this is a direct quote from him. He, he said, this isn't speculation. I'm not making this up. He said, I've spoken to people who saw what they thought was a lake monster, got closer, and discovered it was actually a line of otters. So it, it really happens. That is interesting. Um, obviously, I don't think all lake monster sightings can be accounted for with otters, but that's a pretty good explanation of how a lot of... Um, what a lot of the sightings are. Sure. That is interesting. Yeah. So, sorry all you mythical creature it's okay. believers. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your your um, thoughts. I will hold on to my imagination of what's her name? Flossie? Flossie. <laughs> but, you know, I gotta say though, I think I'd rather see an otter than a flathead like monster. Oh yeah, for sure. Otters are cute. They are. Although I was gonna say, well can't be date. Remember that story the lady who got attacked by a river otter? Remind me. She was like I can't remember when it happened, but she was like swimming in a river or something and mm-hmm. literally got attacked and her legs were all cut and lacerated. Oh yeah. From an, an attack of a river otter. <laughs> Isn't it in that Disney movie with the animals. They had that cute little otter become this just crazy rabbit animal and Oh, that I don't remember. But uh, from, I guess I guess rot- I guess otters can be kind of territorial. Interesting. But, yeah. So, anyway, All that's right. the the story of the flathead like monster. The more you know. Flessy, the more you know. Um, so what do you guys think? Could it be possibly real? Or is it just a bunch of otters swimming in a row? <laughs> is it otter nonsense? <laughs> oh, my <laughs> Hey, guys. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about the Flathead Lake Monster like we did enjoyed learning and talking about it. Uh, today we we asked you guys to give us some listener questions and would you rather situations and we got a few of those came in so we're gonna take a look at those today. Um, our first question comes from our friend Megan in Alaska. What's up Megan? What's up? What's up? Uh, she asked us on Facebook have you always enjoyed doing the same activities together or has one or the other person grown to enjoy an activity? Mm-hmm. We talked a little bit about this the other day when we first got that question. Mm-hmm. My first thought was, um, funny that we just talked about uh, coffee on our first podcast. Right. That's probably one of the big ones for me mm-hmm. that uh, you rubbed off on me quite a bit was the enjoyment of coffee. I mean, I, I started drinking coffee as like a young teenager. Right. But it wasn't really, you know, I, I could take it or leave it. Like we talked about in that podcast, I drink more Mountain Dew than I did coffee. Right. 
but I've really come around. You love diabetes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drink the Mountain Dew. I've really come around to drinking a lot of coffee. It's a necessity. And, en- and enjoying very much mm-hmm. um, finding new places and new experiences. It's so much fun. Trying new coffee and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So that was definitely one that you... That I rubbed off, off on you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and now we enjoy it together. So my, for me, uh, I feel like when you were taking art classes in college, yeah, and especially the one with the history, your and your art history, yeah, art history, one of my favorite classes. Um, you started wanting, you wanted to go to more um, art museums and stuff, and in my mind, I was like. Because we both, we both always kind of love history museums. That was one thing I'm that, all about history. that we did do together already. We both yeah. enjoyed history. We liked museums. But we had not, like, we didn't go to art museums. And so when you wanted to start, when you wanted to go to those after your class, I was like, yeah, I guess this could be fun. But it wasn't really something that I thought I would enjoy. Yeah. But I was fully supporting you and <laughs> what you wanted to do. And... Um, I found it very interesting, actually. I enjoy it very much, and I am not going to even pretend like I know art history like you. <laughs> I really don't, but I thoroughly enjoy the museums. I enjoy the experience of going and seeing some beautiful I love pieces. It. Yeah. Yes. There's so much. I, yeah. I love going to art museums. And that's one of our things that we try to look for, the coffee shops and all kinds of museums. History museums, any kind of museums, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Especially history and art. Yeah. Now, now, now that is something that we both enjoy doing yeah, together. For sure. We both mm-hmm. we were uh, we both have uh, um, rubbed off on each other when it comes to music taste as well. In very different ways. Yes. Because <laughs> when I came in <clears throat> into our relationship, it was all punk rock and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes. And could, and rock music was my favorite. Right. And you were very much from a bluegrass yes. family. And I came to love bluegrass. Played it, sang it, mm-hmm. went to shows. All those, all them's festivals. Oh, love and it. I love bluegrass still love now. that. Yes. And, and then for me, um, you made me realize that rock and roll music is just as amazing in a different way i love it <laughs> we have a lot of fun going to concerts together so much some, fun. Of our, some of our best experiences together were well two of our best experiences together for sure were the uh, two switchfoot concerts oh man switchfoot all the way <laughs> i love the fact that we can hardly talk we can hardly hear and we can hardly move <laughs> after after those concerts so good um but yeah, I mean, other than those few things, there were there was quite a bit of um, things we had in common that we really enjoyed doing. Yeah. That we just started doing together. Mm-hmm. Um, but those were a couple things that we thought of that uh, we kind of rubbed off on each other. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a couple other things as well. We got a couple would you rather's mm-hmm. come in. Um, I think feel like this one's more for you than it is for me because you're <laughs> you're more of a, a pet person than I am. <laughs> That uh, Grace's friend Shanty. What's up, Shanty? Uh, sent us this, uh, gave us this "Would you rather" situation here. Um, so, would you rather see your pet, but they can't see you, or your pet can see you, but you can't see them? 
Which is more heartbreaking? <laughs> you know, I've been looking at this would you rather for almost a week, and I still don't have an answer for this question. <laughs> I feel like, even though I'm not like a huge, I mean, Tears I, I am. coming to my face right now. <laughs> I, I do love our animals, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I haven't always been like a huge dog person or whatever. But I feel like it'd be better if you could see the animal, but they can't see you. Yeah. Just because I feel like it, it would be much worse. You're a human. You can at least yeah. be like, oh, I'm sorry, puppy. But the dog is just going to be confused. Why is my master ignoring me? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Yeah. But all I can think of is, like, the movies like that Hachi, Hachi, Hachi movie or whatever. Yeah, Hachi or whatever, yeah. He dies of a broken heart. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's a rough one. I think, I think my answer is see my pet, but they can't see me. I think I'm going to stick with that. I don't like it, but that's the one I'm choosing. Here's another would you rather uh, sent to us by my cousin Tara in Port Angeles. Tara. What's up, Tara? Thanks for sending this in. Uh, would you rather be the last person found in hide and seek? On an old mental hospital. Oh, or the first person found midday in a forest. So, you know how we've talked about, you know, when we were kids and we would play hide and seek and you find your hiding spot and then you have to pee. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. That would be me looking at the mental <laughs> hospital and not going in to even play the game. Oh. Um, the last person found in a mental hospital that means you're sitting around in a mental hospital for a million years in the dark in the dark that's what I'm that's the first thing I imagine in a mental hospital I have a okay so when I was in college we snuck into well we didn't really sneak somebody was a, a member of Somebody's, like, dad was a member of the, um, Shriners, or... Yeah. No, 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 not the Shriners, the Masons. Oh, yeah. And we snuck, we went into the building, I won't disclose the location. (laughs) We went into the building and played hide-and-seek in that building and found their, like, um... Their secret. Like, their temple place with all the armor and the big fancy book in the middle. And I was the last person found in that building. I hid down in the basement pitch black black can't see my hand in front of my face in the basement in a vault that i found i hid in the very back corner you're lucky you're not bones in the basement still no that was creepy i have to go to the bathroom right now (laughs) just thinking about that it was nuts it was it was intense that was the most intense game of hide and seek i've ever played okay so Uh, another one from tara while camping would you... Wait, I want to be found midday in the forest. Oh, I right. didn't answer. Midday in the forest. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure, yes. Midday in the forest. I, that's my vote. But then you're the first person found, and then you lose. That's okay. Yeah. Because then you can go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> While camping, would you rather hear noises in the woods, or would you rather see something in the shadows? Ooh. Hmm. Okay. What's creepier? I don't know. Seeing something you can't hear or hearing something you can't see? Well, I can't hear anyway, so. (laughs) (laughs) I'm deaf. (laughs) Um. I 
think if you saw something, I feel like that might be a little bit creepier than hearing something. Because I feel like when you hear something in the woods, you can you easily can justify it. You can write it off as like, mm-hmm. "Oh, it's just the wind." Yeah, it, yeah exactly. You, you can fool That's yourself. Your first thought. <laughs> oh, it's just the wind. Oh, I'm sure, it's just the wind. Oh, but if you see fun. some like creepy eyeballs or something oh, looking no. at you from the shadows, there's no getting around it. There's something out there. I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, I would rather hear something and just oh. lie to myself. Oh my goodness. What? That's. When you're heading to your hunting spot in the middle of the before sunrise, it, it can be a little creepy out there. But um, anyway, we got a couple more that I think we're gonna save for next episode because we're running a little long. But I hope you enjoyed those. Which uh, would you rather's and and qu- listener questions? If you have any listener questions or would you rather c- scenarios for us. Uh, give us a comment and a like on Facebook. Definitely. And we'll even share these questions that we've asked so we can hear your answers too. Yeah, we want to hear your answers. Let us know in the comments. Would you rather the mental hospital or <laughs> or seeing creepy things in the woods? <laughs> All right. Thanks again for listening, guys. Until next time.